Man, I really had a fun time interviewing Autumn. Uh, She's really sweet and special. She dedicates her time to help women that just got out of abusive relationships because, you know, dealing with that trauma isn't easy. And I do thank her for that. And she's also a mentor. Um, She just released a book. Um, Check it out wherever you can. And yeah, let's listen. Good. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfectly. Nice, nice. So what is it that you do? All right. So oh, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, just a disclaimer, this is the first time I've ever talked about this publicly. So bear with me. Okay, um, cool. So yeah, I work with domestic violence survivors, basically, in a nutshell. Oh, wow. How is that? It's intense. I get a lot of messages a day uh, from people that I know mostly that I wouldn't have suspected. Like yesterday, I woke up to four different messages from people at different points in my life that were all telling me like detailed stories of like how they endured abuse. So it's, um, it's something that I have to like continually remind myself that this is a niche situation. Like humanity isn't generally like this. This is just within the realm of what I do. But some days can be a little bit more stressful than others because, you know, I'm hearing this stuff uh, from people that I know and care about that I would have never thought, you know, this happened to them. So uh, right now I'm offering a workshop and it's alongside my free book. So what that is, is it helps trauma survivors unpack what happened to them, but not to where it's super heavy, like it's not therapy intense. It's definitely not a replacement to therapy. It's just something that's a little bit more relaxed uh, because there's like a lot of self-help books and like goal setting programs that don't really address some of the mental blocks people can experience specifically with trauma survivors and domestic violence survivors. So we work through that and then we work through goal setting. So that is going to start on June 2nd. Sorry. Yeah. No, Um, that's okay. I heard you. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's the rundown of what I do. Nice, nice. That's actually a very good thing. I interviewed um, a lady that went through domestic violence, and I I've never been through it, but I can only imagine how you know hurtful that is, and how like complicated that is because you love the person that's hurting you, and you don't want to like leave because you love them, but you know. Yeah, it's it's a complete loss of control and autonomy. What so do you like? What do you tell people when you know they come to you with their with their situations? Like, how do you? How would you counsel a person that's in in that situation? Well, I I exclusively work with people that have already left their abuser, and mm-hmm. they are trying to recover mentally and move on their life up from that. Because just to give a disclaimer before I answer your question, I just want to make sure that uh, there's a misconception and it's a really shitty part of the society we're in um, to where when this happens, not only is the person that's being abused typically blamed, but even further from that, um, 
they're, you know, told that once they leave their abuser, everything's going to be great. And then the support just drops off from there. When really leaving is one of the easiest, it's scary, but it's one of the parts compared to having to move on with your life and build it up from shit. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh my God, like there's all these bills you have to pay that a lot of the time you're a single parent and nobody cares. And so having to recover from that in a lot of situations, you don't have enough resources to even go to therapy. Um, it's a lot. So when they do come to me, I let them give their whole story, like just like let it all out. Cause a lot of the time they'll hold it in and they won't tell anyone cause they get blamed. So they need to get it all out, you know? And I just listen and then, you know, I ask them if they want like solution oriented advice or if they just were needing to vent, you know, cause half the time, they just want somebody to hear them and understand them. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, if they do want advice, we go from there, you know, and we go through like the different steps of what they're looking for. And, you know, mainly what I'm starting this with is goal setting. I'm going to be offering courses. I'm aiming on releasing them by mid June. Um, but th that has a lot to do with like financial literacy, creating healthy relationships and having like more self-awareness of like, what's going on with your subconscious as to why you look for those kinds of relationships unknowingly. Um, but so, yeah, that's going to be like a whole three part process. Mm -hmm. What is uh, June and Sally? Okay. June and Sally is actually, <laughs> that's my, it's like my marketing side project, but I only exclusively work with women owned businesses So with people that are trying to start uh, passive income or start a business after recovering from an abusive situation, I'm not specific to that. If people like small businesses come to me and they do want to work with me, I will, you know, interview with them and we'll see if we're a good fit for each other and move from there. But I'm trying to veer it over to specifically working with survivors that are running businesses. Okay, cool, cool. I think it's a I think it's a cool thing what you do. I think it's definitely needed and not a lot of people do it cuz people don't think about that. They think once you've completed the exodus then you know that's it. But there's a lot of like I'm a huge advocate for mental health. I think everybody should go, you know, have a therapist regardless of if you have trauma or not just to have somebody to talk to, you know. Yeah. Well, in the average time, it takes seven attempts to leave on average per woman that's abused. So that means that these women attempt three, they could have moved out, gotten their own apartment, done it all, like blocked this person. And then they still end up coming back and have to try that four more times from there. Some people, it takes nine times. So it, it's, I guess society just doesn't realize how hard it is, not only financially, but like you are trauma bonded to that person because they only, they're the only ones that really understand the situation. You feel completely misunderstood by anyone else. It's just really sick. But yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that how often these women go back because this major shift in their life has just been straight up ignored. Yeah. But, but I'm definitely proud of you for available like that. Cause this is something that you don't have to do, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess so. It's a, uh... 
I don't know. It's one of those things. I don't know if you've noticed this. I kind of have, but a lot of people like post COVID since we've kind of had a year to just sit around and face ourselves, they've taken mm -hmm. on different things that it, I don't know, for me, it just seems like I always should have been doing this. And I think that happened just because, you know, my corporate job to where I was traveling 75% of the time went away suddenly. And I actually had to sit and like deal with like, my thoughts on like what I should be doing in the world. So it just kind of happened naturally. Yeah. And where did you like get the idea or the, to, you know, to do this? Oh, okay. So I was in an, obviously an abusive marriage and um, the person I've forgiven him, but disclaimer, that's not always the goal. Like just because I, you know, forgive my abuser doesn't mean that that's everyone's route. It's actually pretty rare. So just throwing that out there, I did forgive this person. It was just more beneficial to me to do that. I don't talk to him, whatever. Um, he was very vocal and public about me leaving him. And he was also on drugs and had a mental illness that he was refusing meds for. There was a lot going on there, right? And so he mm -hmm. was publicly posting information about me that was inaccurate on social media, just like everywhere. So like thousands of people that I was associated with because me and him used to run a business together, like an art-based business, saw this, like just unfold real time. And it was like, our split was completely public and completely humiliating. Like my family saw it, everyone. That's and, so childish. Um, like it, it really made it to where I kind of went into hiding for like half a year just because I didn't want to deal with it. You know, it was just too embarrassing. Like he even started like a GoFundMe, like claiming that I had like ruined his life. Like it was a, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, I think that he is medicated now because he doesn't do those things anymore. And I really hope that he is okay and. He gets, you know, he is getting the help that he needs. I'm not sure. I am not in communication with him. Uh, but anyway, the reason why that is relevant to this story, um, a lot of people had eyes on me after that for very negative reasons. Mm -hmm. And when I started coming out of hiding and doing well, established a career pretty much out of nowhere and just started like moving forward. A lot of people, especially people in like private women's groups I was in and Facebook started messaging me, like asking me how I had made that turnaround so quickly. Cause it takes a lot of people years. It took me a few months and I don't know how or why. Uh, I think it was just a weird coping mechanism cause I couldn't afford therapy. So I just became like a workaholic. So I'm not sure if it was exactly positive, but you know, whatever, it worked for me somehow. And so I kept getting these messages from people. And then I started getting messages from people saying, oh, I have, you know, I'm being abused right now. What should I do to get out? Or what resources did you use? And so then I would just like get these messages all freaking day long to where sometimes I didn't even want to check my DMs. So it was just like, you know, I don't, some of the things they would ask, I didn't know how to like really help them because I hadn't, you know, studied it yet. I hadn't researched enough. And so then I started doing that on their behalf. And then I started just copying and pasting the same information because people just kept, kept asking the same questions. And so <laughs> that's how it happened. Nice, nice. So 
what are some things that my listeners can do to bring awareness or help people that are, you know, going through like that or just make themselves available to, you know, have somebody to talk to? I mean, if you know someone that has recently left an abusive relationship or is in the process of it, well, I guess this is twofold. If they're in the process of leaving, um, you need to be checking in and, you know, figuring out resources that they can go to because like they're in serious danger. Like I think, what is it? 75% of the homicides that happen when someone leaves an abusive relationship is right as they're leaving. That's typically when you're most likely to be murdered. Um, So that's, you know, immediately you need to get whatever support system you can to that person. Don't get directly involved because then you could also, you know, be murdered. But, um, you know, do whatever you can, provide whatever resources you can to them that specifically deal with getting people out of domestic violence situations. Just whatever program is in that major city that they live in, stuff like that. Um, The part that I do actually like helping them once they've left is providing a support and you know helping them figure out resources on financial literacy financial literacy is the number one reason number one reason why women go back because all of a sudden like you know they've been probably experienced financial abuse they haven't had resources that's one of the main reasons why people even end up in abusive relationships is due to lack of resources so all of a sudden they are responsible for all these resources when their self-esteem has been just stomped into the dirt and they're just immediately expected to pay bills and function in society. So that becomes scarier than the expected scary that they already know, which is being abused. Being abused is familiar. Having to pay your bills and do all sorts of crazy stuff that doesn't make sense to you and hasn't made sense to you for years is terrifying, you know? So if you can provide them any resources or suggestions, obviously, ask them first if they're open to that. And if they are, if they are overwhelmed, you know, just let them know you're there to support them. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was uh, looking at your, uh, one of your, and it said uh, you were part of an organization for uh, children. What's it called? Oh, Settlement Home. Yes. Yeah. What's Mm -hmm. that? Okay, so that's actually, I'm a mentor there. So I uh, mentor teenage girls that basically whatever foster home situation became too traumatic and it didn't work out or they were abandoned by their foster family. It's really crappy, but you know, it's life. And they are basically essentially in like a group home and they're, a lot of them are choosing to age out of the system. So when they turn 18, they're just kind of on their own. And they don't really have like a family or parental figures. So this uh, settlement home like relies on like mentors to go and like work with the girls and hang out with them one-on-one and just get to know them and help them kind of develop some kind of like moral compass and moral integrity. Nice. Nice. You do so much. You're such a good person. Uh, what What do you like to do on your free time? Uh, I mean... Uh, I used to, I used to publish poems before I started working all the time, and then I started writing this book, so I kind of put that on hold. And I mean, I don't know. I uh, I like doing stuff in nature. It's like everything in my life paused for a year, so it's kind of weird thinking that like 
now like every day, even on weekends, like I at least do something toward this project because it's motivated me so much. So it's kind of weird to think like, oh yeah, I, I used to go out. I used to do all of this elaborate stuff and like now I don't. But um, yeah, I like to go out. I like to travel all the normal human things, but kind of getting back in, you know, the groove of doing that again. Nice. So um, you wrote a book. Uh, what is your inspiration for writing and how do you get your ideas? Um, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I can't take full credit for it. Um, it was it, it was like uh, it came through meditation, honestly. I know it sounds super weird. And like, honestly, if if I had said this out loud a year and a half ago, I would have laughed and like not believed myself. I would have like judged myself so hard. So like, I don't blame anyone who's listening. If they judge me, it's fine, but also can't like lie. Like I channeled a lot of it after meditation when I was really stressed out one day. And then I did it two more times. I wrote a lot of the information out into a notes app and I had no intention of it becoming a book at all. I didn't know why I was writing any of it out. It was just something that felt right. And then I started organizing it, that I was going to make it into a PDF to just send to women when they were like, questions in my DMs. And then I started realizing like, you know, some of the stuff I channeled, like it's not, if somebody sent that to me while I was going through that low or while I was this freaked out, it wouldn't be in like words that like made sense to me. Like, you know what I mean? So then I broke it down and put it all in my own words and tried to make it funny and a little bit sarcastic and, you know, keep the mood light. And then that's when it evolved into a book. Mm -hmm. What is your book? Yeah. Well, what is your book about? Okay. So it's actually, it started out as being just, like I said, it was just supposed to be a basic PDF that was like a step-by-step guide. So that's what it's called, a survivor's guide to owning your outcome. And it starts out with um, identifying and unfolding like just like past traumas so that we can get that cleared out so that you even have like the emotional bandwidth and stability to pursue your goals or even identify them, right? Then uh, we go into exploring like subconscious versus conscious and getting to understand why our subconscious is driving a lot of our desires and a lot of what we perceive as our shortcomings. And like how to reprogram ourselves to view that differently where we're viewing the choices we're making with compassion rather than judgment. And then it goes into narrowing down, identifying goals, understanding that no matter what goal you pick, there is a level of suffering involved to get that goal And what makes that suffering valid is, um, you know, basically it's like picking whatever form of moral integrity that you want that means the most to you. So like when you suffer for something that you actually care about, that the negative aspects, like for example, if you go to medical school and you don't want to be a doctor, the idea of studying all the time is going to be horrible, right? You're just going to, it's going to be terrible. But if you actually do want to go to medical school, then all of those hours studying, you're actually going to be interested in the information. So it's uh, like narrowing down by deciding like what. Versus like what is just unbearable, not that passionate about it. Then deciphering between goals and aspirations. Then basic manifestation. I do have some LOA stuff in there. I'm not a heavy law of attraction person, but I do think a few techniques do work. 
and then goal planning. So that's, sorry, I went way too in depth on that, but. That's... No, no, that's, that's what I asked for. Yeah. And, and don't feel bad about the meditation thing. You know, I interview a lot of writers, uh, whether it's songwriters or writing books and everybody has their own method. Like some people get high. Some people like to go in a closet uh, or a coffee shop or drive. So, you know, everybody has their own uh, way of writing, you know? Yeah. I just, I guess I heard that all the time, but I never, you know, you never think that it'll happen to you. You're like, okay, yeah. well, that sounds kind of like, huh, whatever, dude, like whatever you say, that's cool. And then it happens and you're like, holy crap. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, how did that come from my brain you know yeah ever uh meditated uh for me it just it, it's weird because like whenever i write especially music it comes to me like already producing everything oh you know God. i have to yeah, yeah like i literally hear it like as if somebody's playing the song for me and i just have to translate it to a producer or you know somebody like that but um yeah it, it's definitely um it it's definitely many many ways to write and i try to encourage people to you know try all the ways cuz you never know what will come out of you with what you know yeah it's uh i i hope it happens again honestly <laughs> yeah how how do how do you meditate believe it or not that's the first time i've heard of anybody as many people as I work with that's the first time I've heard of anybody uh meditating I'm actually I actually started a writing team maybe that's what we need to do <laughs> yeah no okay so it started happening okay I, I know I keep referencing COVID and everybody's so freaking tired of hearing about it but it's really relevant because I think that's the only reason why this book even happened because I was forced to just sit there and think and I would do this thing and it's when like the height of everything happened. And I remember we were like so scared to even accept Amazon packages and like walk outside of our house. It was like freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was like about to have an anxiety attack one night and I was just, you know what? I'm just going to take a bubble bath and I'm just going to meditate in the water. Like that just sounds really nice. And I don't have to think about the fact that I could potentially die by accepting a package on my front porch. Like that, this is just what I'm going to do. And I did it for three hours, which for my attention span is like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like it was pretty crazy. I, I mean, I did basic meditation, but like, you know, if I see one that's over 20 minutes and it's guided, I'm not gonna do it. Like, I think my threshold was 15 minutes to be honest. But yeah, this one wasn't guided. I just like played music in my bathtub in the dark with candles and that's what happened. And then I did it two more times. So. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, I highly recommend. Yeah, um, let me ask you this: Who are your uh, top three favorite writers? Oh God, I'm gonna sound so goofy. Okay, um, I like Bukowski's poems. I don't like his novels. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. Um, <laughs> the the other poet. I'm going to butcher her name and I really hate to do that on record. Um, she wrote that poetry book, Salt, her last name's Wahid, W-A-H-E-E-D. I'm not even going to try to butcher her first name because that's just disrespectful. And um, 
I mean, guilty, and then I have a guilty pleasure one, which is Stephen King. And I know that's so silly because like most of the shit that he's even writing is through ghostwriters that he pays. But yeah, I mean, it's still guilty pleasure. Like I do enjoy reading that. So I did not know that. That's news. That just blew my mind. Right now. Oh yeah, no, I like know. Girl, the date I... is one of his ghostwriters. Isn't that crazy? Wow, everything I know is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's still entertaining. Like, I still like. I wouldn't be able to pass up a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's still him, kinda. You know, he he paid mm-hmm. for it, so. <laughs> Yeah, he's his own brand. Yeah, well, what's your top three favorite books of all time? Favorite books, uh, I guess since we're going to start with Stephen King, I really love Rose Matter, and that is about a woman that left an abusive relationship. And it's like the abuser goes, well, I don't want to give too many spoilers if people are interested in reading it. But anyway, the the abuser goes up Stephen King style. He deals with him, and it is so fun and enjoyable, and I love it so much. And then I mentioned... That other poet who I can't pronounce her name, uh, her book Salt is like an all-time favorite. And then there's a compilation of random poems. I'm just going off of like, because I I have too many favorites and I don't want to like completely like waste your time on that. But um, then with Bukowski, there's like a compilation of like different love-based poems. And so when I bought it, I thought it was really strange because I'm not sure if you read his stuff, but he's you know, kind of like an obnoxious piece of crap alcoholic and he's proud of it. So when I saw like a one based on love, I was like, that is just so not him. But it's so cool because it's all about him having like these really like raw, cute moments of like him, like walking his daughter to school when she's a little kid and like stuff like that. And I don't know, I just thought it was really sweet. So yeah, top three movies. Oh, I... Okay, so old school movies, Drop Dead Fred, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not, like, a super big movie person. So I, I don't want to waste I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, singers. Singers. Um, dang. Okay, so um, Jessica Lee Mayfield, definitely. Mm-hmm. Lana Del Rey before she went crazy. God, she's like so annoying now. But yeah, I, I like her know. old stuff. Yeah, it, it seems like she's extremely arti- uh, like artistic in like uh, a bad way. Like, like don't get me wrong, her last album that she just released was fire. Like, yeah. this is a lot of because I haven't liked some of her stuff that she's released but I was like this is the old lot I've been looking for but like she's released like I think spoken open mic like spoken word CDs for free and you know she's doing a lot I yeah and her tweets like the worst man I don't <laughs> I don't know what she's on. yeah yeah she was in some do you know she was in some kind of uh, controversy do you know what that was out of the millions of things she's done this year. Like, like, like some person says she was racist. Or... Okay, so she did a tweet. This is what I think you're talking about, but don't get me, a, you know, don't hold me to this. She's probably done eight other things comparable to this just because of like how often she does stupid shit. But um, she did do a tweet that was equivalent to I have black friends. 
And it was so, so cringe. Like, <laughs> it was something about her album cover and she addressed it when like literally no one asked. It, you'll have to Google it. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I know she was under fire when she came for like Beyonce and Ariana uh, Oh my God, I saw that. I saw the Instagram post because I followed her and I like literally just saw that scrolling through my feed and I just like, I was, yeah, it was a lot. But I mean, she kind of has a point though because, you know, like you have women singing about you know, WAP and everything, and then she sings about what she sings about. But I think the difference between Lana Del Rey and them, um, she sings about glorifying being in abusive relationships, you know, and glorifying being in an abusive relationship is kind of different than, you know, bragging on your vagina. You know what I mean? Like feeling yourself. And there's like so many, it's just strange that all the people she listed aside from Ariana are women of color. And so like, it's just kind of weird. It's like, well, there's all these other women that sing about the same crap and you had to list off all of like the, you know, that that specific range of people. And um, I don't know, she just... Well, I, well I, don't, I don't mean to play the devil advocate and I know I'm a fan. So no, I'm probably okay. jaded. I'm down. I don't mean to play the devil, but it seems like she just went specifically for the big dogs because those are the only people that's actually making noise, you uh, know. So it seemed like she went for like the people at the top because yeah, there are other people singing about it, but there's not they're not as successful and in the uh, in the forefront, you know. Yeah, but also how deluded is, I, I totally see that. And like, you're possibly right. Like, I, I mean, I'm not her, but I can see what you mean, definitely. And I, I kind of agree. But um, I don't know, she, uh, never mind. But, <laughs> yeah. but it was good, whatever it was. But, but, but sometimes celebrities do need their Twitters taken away, like Demi Lovato, you know? Like, I feel like some people should not have Twitters at all. Yeah, I don't even follow the Demi Lovato stuff. It just got too raunchy for me. Yeah, like it's something new every week. Like she um attacked this yogurt company, uh, and it's not even a big one. It's a small mom and pop business. Like she and she could have like ruined their business, but but she attacked this yogurt company just because they had um fat free options <laughs> and healthy options what? okay and she, and, and she was like i don't think i think it's disrespectful with all the body shaming that we have fat free anything and like i think the fact that this company has like you know healthy options is ridiculous and you know of course it backfired on her because it's you know, it's it's a stupid fight. You know, it's not that serious. Or I could see if they were body shaming people, but you know, they were just giving a healthier option. And her apologize, her apology, it wasn't even a sincere apology. It was more like a, I'm apologizing because I have to type of yeah. thing. That's what it always is lately. Yeah. From, from what I perceive, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not but- them. I don't want to speak for them, but it just it doesn't seem very authentic anymore. Yeah, but at least she about like Sia, like you remember the controversy with her movie? 
Uh, no. Again, I've shut off from news on this person. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she uh, actually uh, made a movie, and it was a great idea. Like, she put out an album, and the movie was like a... a the the album was like uh named songs inspired by the motion picture and i think the movie was called motion picture or something and the movie was basically a bunch of little music videos to her uh song like every song that was on her album was in there in music video form and it was about an autistic child and I think they tried to get a real autistic kid, but it just didn't work or whatever. So they got Maddie Ziegler, her, you know, her favorite. Oh, I think I vaguely remember this. Yeah, and yes. and she played it totally sea biscuit. Like she was very stereotypically, you know, autistic. And you know, back when Sea Biscuit was made, you know, that was allowed, but people are more aware of the situation so people don't accept that and people got offended and we knew she didn't mean any harm we just wanted her to acknowledge what she did and apologize and she refused damn she was like you know I didn't mean it this is my art I liked it she's the only person that did so (laughs) I mean I guess it's I don't know. That's so dicey because at least she didn't give a fake apology, but it still doesn't take away how screwed up it was. So yeah, lose, lose. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. She's a fantastic writer. I just think she dropped the ball, but I get it because some people are sensitive about, you know, their stuff, you know, they're like, Oh no, I did it. And it's perfect. Cause I did it. Yeah. Like Zack Snyder. He thinks um, Sugar Punch should have won an Oscar, and that tells you something. So, <laughs> I didn't even see it. I couldn't. I'm not a movie yeah. person anyway, but yeah, it's the. Yeah, I liked it for some reason. It, it's my. I think it's my favorite bat. I think it's a guilty pleasure because it sucks oh. so much, and it's it's like my favorite bad movie. But you know, I I, I liked it. <laughs> So it's like your Stephen King thing, then. Yeah, pretty much. much. Yeah. And um, so what do you wish to accomplish with your book and, you know, everything? Like, what, 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 what do you wish to accomplish? Okay, so when I first started this, well, I started it technically in, like, September through December. That's when I was really forming it. Um, Mm -hmm. but when I first started it, my aim was to, you know, release a free product, which was like the PDF, which then evolved into a book and, um, then actually release my courses. I'm starting with my first course that I'm going to release mid month of June called sacred independence. And that's when I was talking about that financial literacy. And then um, I'm going to release like another workshop slash course that takes that momentum and teaches people how, well, not people specifically survivors. So it helps them address trauma and um, come up with a way to create passive income. And that, that would range from having a side gig with your full-time job, combining those, you know, what index funds to look at, or if you just want to full out just 
create your own business and just work for yourself permanently. Just, you know, creating a situation to like address like unresolved trauma and like work on the tools to do that going forward. So that's going to be, those are my two major products for this year. And again, I don't even have a release date for the other one. I'm probably going to end up doing it in the fall to winter time. So the main one right now is sacred independence. And then, yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. But then as this thing has evolved, I don't really want to put limits on it, you know, because when I released this book, I just thought that all I was going to do was when people ask questions, I just message them the freaking book and be like, here. (laughs) And now it's its own like workshop. And then this workshop, um, I, I thought I would be lucky to have 10 people that would want to even be involved with this thing. And now, I mean, I released the, you know, workshop invitations within two days, I have almost 50 people. So it's not a lot, but it's more than I had anticipated. So I feel like that's going to snowball into its own thing. So I don't really want to limit it. Yeah. Well, I I definitely feel you when you say you don't want to, like, put a date on anything. Because sometimes when you're writing, you go back and you're like, oh, I have an idea. Like, my friend she just wrote a book. It, it's coming out next month. It was supposed to come out in, I want to say, November of last year. And she just kept on, you know, working on it because she changed. So it, she just kept on, you know, working on it and whatnot. So I definitely feel that. Where can I check it out? Where can I uh, check out your book? Okay, so my book is going to actually be on my website. And <laughs> this is something I need to, like, figure out because my website is my first and last name and my last name is Polish. So it's long and it doesn't make sense for me to have it there. So I'm probably going to move it onto a, you know, a website that is actually easy to type out. My last name's Konowalski. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> autumn uh, but I have made it like easily accessible, like on my um, Instagram and on Facebook, the links are very apparent, you know, my links in my bio, stuff like that. So that's where it's going to be accessible for now, but that's definitely going to evolve when the actual product exists and when I'm selling a product and people are signing up for it. Nice, nice. You know, you can make your own, uh, did you just say you're going to make your own website? Well, yeah, I already made my own website, but I just need to have another web address attached to it because autumnkonowalski.com is just, that's really long, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, definitely, definitely. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Do you want to uh, say something else or one last thing or whatnot? Um, I think that if you are a survivor and you're at a place to where you've already left and you are struggling, um, You uh, you cut out again. And when did I cut out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right at the beginning. Oh right my at god! The beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do I sum this up? Uh, yeah, basically, if you are a survivor and 
you are struggling right now and even if you're considering going back or even if you're not considering that but you're just like not having a good time just know that like the ball of anxiety i am as a person if i'm able to like move on and then turn around and help other people like you more than have a chance at it if i could do it and um if you do want more information i have so many free resources right now and the main thing is the book i've been going on about right now and that is easy it's easiest to um access it on my instagram which is autumn konovalski i'm gonna spell out my last name i'm sorry it's a k-o-n-o v is in victor a-l s is in sam k-i and uh there you just click on the link in bio and it will take you through the prompts and you can just get the ebook sent directly so please do that if you have questions if you do find me on social media feel free to message me and if you have an interest in being a part of our workshop based on the book that does start june 2nd if you come across this later and you still want to know if the workshop exists it probably does and we definitely want you to be a part of it so just message me and we'll set you up with that so yeah that's it nice nice thank you so much for giving me your time it means a lot yeah thank you so much for being my first podcast on this I, i'm sure it's like really apparent because i'm all over the place but thank you for giving me an opportunity to yeah. talk about this as well no problem it's a important subject that rarely people talk about so i'm like you know what let's go yeah let's go. I, I i legit had no idea what you did by the way i thought you were a model because you're pretty and oh, i was no like way. she's gonna talk she's gonna talk about modeling or something and then you talk about like uh domestic abuse and i'm like yes that's even better you know? <laughs> oh that's crazy i had no idea that uh we had such like a different idea of how this was gonna go that's kind of cool though yeah it all worked out though it was fun i enjoyed it <laughs> well thank you so much uh this was great no problem. I'll talk to you later, okay? Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.